0: Verses 9 and 10 of our readings tonight from the second chapter of Luke, an angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. The shepherds were terrified. Do not be afraid, the angel said to them, for I bring you good news of great joy for all people. I bring you good news. What is good news for us today? And how does the church's good news get received in our world today? When we think about this Christmas story, one of the more entertaining Uh, aspects of it that I have seen recently is uh, some clips from a movie called The Star. It is the story about, well, I want to focus on the character Ruth. Ruth is one of the sheep. Yes, a little lamb, go ba. So Ruth is a part of this flock of sheep, but she sees a bright star in the sky and she wants to follow it. And so she's curious, she leaves her flock behind, much to their dismay, to go follow that star. And as she finds the star, she encounters a donkey and some other animals, a cow, and, and they are accompanying this young couple, and she is pregnant, and they are on their way to Bethlehem, where she is probably going to give birth to the baby, there is some suspension, Uh, there is some some fear, there's some anxiousness in the plot line of this story, but there's also great joy. And, And Ruth decides that she needs to announce this to more people. So she goes back to her flock, and she wants them to hear the good news, but they are not listening to her. Maybe this story speaks for us today as the church. Well, who can tell it better than Ruth herself? We have a little 90 second clip. Let's take a look at it. Help! Help! Anybody! Oh, look! A flock of sheep. That kind of looks like my flock. Oh. That's my flock. Uh, help! <laughs> Bo needs my help. Okay, you can do this. Here we go. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hey, everybody! What's up? It's me, Ruth! Okay. I know you guys think I was crazy to leave and follow the star, but you wouldn't believe all the adventures I've had out there. And the biggest one of all is happening tonight. Made new friends and they need our help. So this time you gotta follow me. Guys? This is important! Fear not. I bring good tidings of great joy. For unto you is born this day a savior. Christ the Lord. Told you it was important. In case you haven't caught on, that is an animated version of the Christmas story told by the animals. (laughs) And so, in this particular story, it is not working well for Ruth to make this announcement. Her flock is not listening to her. And thankfully, she has some help from above. An angel of the Lord, a messenger, who announces it. But are the sheep listening? Or are the sheep, like the shepherds, terrified, afraid? And does this story speak to us today as God's people? What is good news? And what specifically is the good news that we announce on Christmas? This message from the angels? Is it good? Is it good for society to hear this message? Is it, is it good for children? Is it good f- news for you? What do you do when you hear news that is not good? Well, we react to it, I think, differently than we do when we hear news that is good, that sounds good to us. When we hear news that is, well, it sounds like it's bad, we tend to not want to give it credit. We we try to minimize it. We might even deny it. Like, for instance... Let's say that, that a loved one has been diagnosed with cancer or with a heart ailment, and your first reaction may be, no, that could not be. I will not let that be. But it, if it is the truth and it is news, it's still bad news, right? And when it's bad news, we don't really want to lean into it. We'd rather lean away from it. But what if it's good? If it's good news, then we, we want to believe it. We want to place our trust in it if it's good. Well, for example, if I told you that Certain scientific research has recently uncovered a profoundly important secret. Would you like to hear what it is? It is this that simple carbohydrates and processed sugars, a, a rich diet of that will actually help you to lose weight. Now that may just be the best form of clickbait that you've ever heard. But the point is is that it's news and it sounds kind of good, so I'd like to believe it, right? So when it's bad news, we tend to not want to hear it. But when it's good news, we do want to hear it. And when Jesus birth was announced to the shepherds and the flock of sheep when it was announced it was announced as good news the King James version you may remember that one it was glad tidings glad tidings is actually old English for good news good news of great joy so this message is not only good news it's filled with joy and it is for just shepherds no, it's not what Luke says. Luke says it is for all people, for all nations. It is for the Jews. It is for the Gentiles. It is, it's even for the Romans. It is for the Magi and the people of the East that they represent. It is good news for all people. But do all people hear the Christian message today as good news? When you hear the news from church, is it good or is it bad? Today, more people than ever have identified themselves with a group of people that hear bad news from the church and they don't really want anything to do with it. The fastest-growing denomination is none. (laughs) And so when we think about good news today, is it true? And if it's not true, how hurtful can it be? Some of you know that I have taken great pride in driving a vehicle for 15 years. Same vehicle. My Chevy Trailblazers followed me for the last decade and a half. In the end of August, early September, somewhere in there, I started hearing this bang in the dash. It was just a loud bang, bang, bang. And uh, so I thought, oh, you know, I don't know what it is. I ignored it. Bad news, right? You just deny it. But then I thought, you know, I want to take my granddaughter places, and I can't put her in that car with that banging noise. So finally I broke down and took it to a car service place, and and they said, well, the good news is that the part that you need to replace is only $120. The bad news is we have to take the whole dash off, disconnect everything, and then put it back on and reconnect everything, so the total bill will be $2,400. Now, that's twice as much as the vehicle was worth. (laughs) So I made the very uncomfortable and frustrating decision to put my Chevy into hospice care. And we trudged along for another six weeks. Bang, bang, bang. Every once in a while, I would stop and I think, oh, yes. For a few minutes, and then bang, bang, bang. So finally, I traded it for a new used vehicle. First time I've been to a dealer in years. And, uh, you know, they've upped their game a bit. (laughs) Free popcorn. (laughs) so i bought the car and they gave me this nice extended warranty with it and it was great love driving the new vehicle and uh so i was you know i bought it in mid-november so i'm still using the air conditioning at that point if you're not from arizona that probably sounds really weird to you (laughs) but we do use air conditioning in mid-november and then a couple of weeks ago, when it turned cold all of a sudden, I went to turn the heater on, and there was no heat. And so I called the dealer, and they said, well, bring it in, and we'll look at it. So I dropped it off, and they looked at it, and they go, yeah, you need this actuator. There's five words to the part. I have no idea. <laughs> um, but we, we have to order it from Los Angeles, so it won't be here until tomorrow. See, Amazon has even impacted the car dealers. <laughs> Used to be when you ordered it from Los Angeles, it might take five days. Um, so anyhow, they, they, they ordered the part, and then I dropped it off the next morning. And I said, do you have a shuttle? Because I need to get to work. And they go, well, we do have a shuttle, but we really don't use that anymore. Uh, it's easier for us just to order you an Uber. So they Ubered me to the church here, dropped me off. Spent my day working, and then they called me mid-afternoon and said, your vehicle's finished. It's ready for you to pick up. I said, awesome. How do I get there? He goes, oh, no problem. We'll order you another Uber. Asked for my address. I gave my address. The Uber showed up. with this lady that pulled in, and I think she thought I was at the preschool because she sat there for a while, and then I kind of waved to her. I oh, know I'm down here. So anyhow, she gave me a ride back on the way she told me her life story. I don't write Uber that much. I didn't do they all do that or <laughs> so she she was telling me, she was curious, I think, you know, picking me up at a church and and she said, Well, what you been doing? I said, Well, I was working on a sermon. And she goes, Oh, so you're a pastor? I said, Yes. And um, she started telling me about uh her a Lutheran church that her father had joined. He grew up as a Catholic and then became a Lutheran. And um, but he, she said he loved that church. And she said I love my church. I moved here in two thousand and one, and I belong to a non-denominational church. And she said I have loved that church. Till this year. I thought, oh boy, here's a story. While well, she had fallen on hard times financially, and uh, is that. How you get to be an Uber driver, I don't know. Um, But she'd fallen in hard times, and so she'd gone to her church for help. And her church says, yes, we'd be happy to help you. And so they started to support her and help her to look for work. And after a few weeks, they met with her and they said, you know, we don't really believe that you are, that, that you're the kind of material that we're looking for here. And we're not pleased with how you've responded to the help that we've given you, so we're not going to help you anymore. That church had some news for that woman, the Uber my Uber driver. Was it good? Perhaps you've encountered a version of news from a church like that. That was not good. That was untrue. That was hurtful. Let me just say, if you have experienced that, it's not your fault. If you will allow me, please let me try to make a case why this good news that is announced by the angel tonight is different. The good news announces that a savior is born. That's what the angels say. And when that announcement comes, what what the angel is telling the shepherds and the sheep is that a savior is one who has come to save you, to rescue you. The savior is one who has come to make your life worth living. So the savior is the one who has come to remove the sin, the, excuse me, the stain of sin that lies upon our lives. Matthew. In his Christmas story, you remember when Joseph finds out that Mary is pregnant, and he wants to dismiss her and mar- the marriage to her quietly because he loves her and respects her, but he can't be married to her because it's not his child. And the angel appears to jo- to Joseph in a dream that night, and he says to Joseph, "Stay with Mary, for she is with child by the Holy Spirit." And then the angel goes on to say she's going to give birth to a a son and you will name him Jesus. Jesus in the Hebrew is Yeshua, also translated Joshua, which literally means he is the one to save us from our sins. So Jesus' own name announces to us Just like the angels, that he is the Savior. And that you are given the forgiveness of your sins for free. It used to cost. Remember, you had to go to the temple and you had to offer the sacrifice and you had to pay for the sacrifice. And now it is free, there is no cost. The good news is that God has sent his son Jesus to redeem the world. And it is good news because it is free and it is for you. This, for me, is an important understanding of the good news because Jesus grows up to live out this the savior role, this identity. Jesus does that when, when he calls people like Matthew, Levi, a tax collector, to be one of his disciples. Sometimes I think in the church we have kind of turned the good news into bad news because what we might want to say to, to Matthew is, Well, Matthew, when you get your life cleaned up, when you get yourself straightened out, when you're done with this tax-collecting phase, then come to us, and we'll take it to the board, and we'll let them judge whether you should be a follower or not. That isn't what Jesus said. He saw Matthew. Matthew invites him to his house. There's other tax collectors and sinners there. And Jesus says, Matthew, come, follow me, come. You see, Jesus isn't telling you to be something first. He's saying, I am something because I represent God and I find value, I find worth in you for who you are. You don't have to be anybody else. As a matter of fact, I think Jesus would say, I'm not here for you to be good. (gasps) I'm not here for you to be good. I'm here so you'll follow me and you'll do good. Jesus has come as our Savior to forgive our sins. And then he does this amazing thing. He calls us to follow him where he goes. And that's awesome when we do that. And if you do that to people who are really good to you, that is okay. That is very good. But what do you do when people are not good to you? Jesus talks about that uh, as he grows into this adulthood in Luke chapter 6 in the the Beatitudes. He says to his disciples, love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting it to be repaid. Kind of like that church, right? Then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will be truly acting as children of the Most High. For God is kind to those who are unthankful. And God is kind to those who are wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Be kind to those who are unthankful. That's what God is. He is kind to those who refuse to thank him, to those of us who forget to thank him, to me, an unthankful Christian. And God is kind to the wicked. Even in the midst of my sin and my wickedness. God is kind to me. And God wants to be kind to you because he loves you. And that is why he sent his only son to be with us. So hear this good news that a Savior tonight is born for you. And his name is Jesus. He is your Savior. And he was born to save you from your sin. Now, come and follow him. Amen.